Welcome to HSBC Build and Grow, a series that focuses on managing finance for business continuity. As financial stakes center stage in business continuity conversations, your story together with HSBC is proud to present this series, featuring some of the finest minds in the ecosystem to help businesses leverage the financial ingenuity, perspective, and insights from these experts to power their own journey their own continent. Samrish, tell us what, you know, tell us about how you're doing, how is the business doing in this pandemic world that we are all living in right now? So actually it's doing quite well, Radha. The uh, So as soon as the supply chain opened up roughly around uh, the middle of May, practically doubled business every single week thereafter. So as we speak, uh, actually we came in in July uh, at numbers which are higher than January. So oh. we are now higher than what we used to be pre-COVID uh, and uh, the trend seems to be continuing. So uh, all good from a business standpoint. Yeah, that's good. That's so uh, so heartening to hear. Amrish, now that you're saying that in July, the numbers are higher than January, what do you think? What are some of the things that you think are driving these numbers? Trends? I, think, I think there are three factors fundamentally. The first is... Uh, uh, just internet adoption when it comes to, uh, there was a very interesting stat that I was reading uh, related to the US market. And I think something similar has happened in India too. Uh, the US took 20 years to get to about 16% penetration of e-commerce. Uh, and then in a four month period, it moved from 16% to 26%. Now in the last four months, we in India, we've fundamentally uh, been buying everything online, right? I mean, shops are closed, everything is closed. We even bought our groceries online. And I think that's made us a lot more comfortable with uh, the... Uh, with the purchase of products, basically it made us comfortable with e-commerce. So that's one factor. The second factor that's happened is uh, we spent a lot of time at home. Uh, and when you spend a lot of time at home, you figure what is it that you can do better uh, in yeah. order to make your home better. And so I think our consciousness towards, uh, you know, things that we have at home, you know, earlier we would put up with a sofa, which was a little lumpy. Now we want a sofa, which is just perfect because we're going to be work out of, working out of home for a long period of time. So that's the second factor. So our consciousness towards the home has gone up. And the third factor, I think, is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know that it's a fairly unorganized market, right? So it's 90% unorganized overall for the furniture market. Yeah. And I think uh, it's consumers are going to be careful about uh, getting products made at home. Uh, and so therefore their comfort with buying ready-made furniture has again gone up significantly. So I think these three factors have played in quite well. And uh, if you were to ask me, I think we are at the cusp of a J-curve when it comes to uh, furniture e-commerce. And I think we are seeing the early signs of it. I want to understand how do you see the furniture market? Because see, we have seen so much of activity in the last few years, right? Some of the players we've not seen make that kind of, a, you know, or achieve that kind of scale. And at the same time, we've seen IKEA enter India. There's been so much of conversation on, on in different spectrums. How do you see the market evolve? Let's start with the, the fundamentals of the market. The fundamentals of the market is that it's highly fragmented. Yeah. Uh, it's highly unorganized. Mm. Uh, and I think that defines the path that any leader needs to take in order to make the most of the, the market opportunity, right? Yeah. So when I say fragmented, let me give you a stat. Uh, if you were to look at, let's say, shoes as a category, the leader in the shoes category has close to about 50% uh, market share. Uh, yeah. The leader in mobile phones would have close to about a 60% market share. 
uh, or actually a 30% market share. The largest business in India prior to Pepper Fry coming up in the furniture space had a 4% market share. It was that fragmented, right? Mm. The second aspect is the fact that it's highly unorganized, right? So you had you have basically furniture production being done in pockets across India. And those pockets have small and medium manufacturing entities which create furniture for you. And so fragmentation, not only geographical, fragmentation also in terms of the share that businesses accrued, uh, fragmentation in terms of the brand recall, fragmentation and unorganized basically define the market. So our approach was, I think, yeah, three, four things we did well uh, and which has helped us, right? The first thing that we did was uh, we are all about variety. So as a marketplace, one of the things that we, one of the fundamental strengths that we can play to is the fact that we can provide tons of variety to people, right? So how do we do it? We work not only with the largest brands in India. So, you know, name them, Hometown, Durian, Gojarat, everybody sells on Pepper Fry. But outside of that, we have thousands of really small manufacturers who make products for uh, sale on Pepper Fry and uh, they are spread out across India. And we are really good at working with really small manufacturers. What that allows us to do is provide a really wide variety of products, uh, which frankly, nobody is able to, uh, nobody had been able to do till us and nobody's been able to uh, replicate since then, right? The second thing we did was we fundamentally disrupted this entire idea of geographical fragmentation. So we built our own supply chain. Today, Pepper Fry's supply chain must be India's biggest big box B2C supply chain. And the funny thing is that supply chain only serves one brand, which is Pepper Fry, right? Uh, we don't even serve other people. That supply chain is entirely in-house. It's dedicated to just the Pepper Fry requirements. And having built the supply chain, what we managed to do was connect, say, a seller in Ratangar to a buyer in Bangalore. Now, yeah. earlier, the seller in Ratangar used to be manufacturing in Ratangar, selling to a catchment area 100 kilometers around themselves, now we've increased that catchment area to two and a half thousand kilometers. Could see the supply chain that we built out. So that's the second thing we did well. I think the third thing we did well was uh, we never thought of our business as uh, either online or offline. Our thesis, uh, Shraddha, has been that it's the same customer. She could be on a mobile phone at some point in time. She could be on a laptop at another point in time. She could be walking in a mall at a third point in time. It's our duty as a brand to interact with her, whichever way she wants to interact with us. Mm. Uh, and so therefore, we never thought of ourselves as an online or an offline company. We thought of us as an omni-channel company which serves omni-channel customers because that's the nature of the customer. So I think these three things really helped us in leveraging this, the, the market dynamics, so to speak. So uh, the fact that it's fragmented, the fact that it's geographically fragmented, the fact that there isn't much variety. Our business model helped us actually solve all of these problems in the market. Uh, and that's why I think we've done well, uh, whilst most other people have not been able to do well. In the interim, yeah, you had, you know, you have many stories coming out. You have stories of brands which are doing something, you have stories of brands that are setting up in India. Yeah, all that's good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a $30 billion market, right? It's not, it has space for many such players. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I wish them well. I continue to hope that they do well. Because if they do well, they bring excitement to the category. If they don't do well, which unfortunately has been the case over the last few months and last few years, actually, excitement in the category reduces. Yeah, yeah. As a leader, I gain whenever there's excitement in the category. So <laughs> I wish my competitors really well. I mean, I, yeah. I, I just hope they do really well and they do a fantastic job. 
I wanted to ask you that uh, when it comes to furniture, right? India, like we discussing that India has been such a fragmented uh, market. कि घर के बगल में कोई है अगर कुछ बना रहा है फर्नीचर उसको बनवा उससे बनाओ कस्टमाइज करवाओ एंड यू नो द होल डिस्कशन ऑन कस्टमाइजेशन एवरीवन हैविंग डिफरेंट टेस्ट आई वांट टू अंडरस्टैंड बिकॉज यू आर इन द ट्रेंचेस इन दिस स्पेस tell us because sab kuch here se hai and all of us have a thesis about the indian consumer and indian consumer and furniture right uh, you in being in the space leading in the space what is your first hand reading and understanding of the indian consumer so when ashish my co-founder and i were setting up pepperfry our fundamental thesis was we indians have bought furniture without touching and feeling furniture forever so mm-hmm. let me just explain that a little so uh, you know aapne example liya ki hum log mom and pop stores hain hamare aas pass jaake unse bolte hain ki ye banayenge so let me give an example of how you how when i was growing up in delhi uh, and i'm i'm one of those south indians born and brought up in delhi <laughs> so i'm familiar with hindi uh, when i was growing up in delhi this is how it used to work the they we you would go to a small store uh and uh, there there would be potentially let's say one sofa right? uh-huh. and uh, that person would be known to you and you would ask them kuch aur dikhaiye and uh-huh. the person would take out a magazine and uh, <laughs> magazine he would say you know this sofa i can make this for you yeah so effectively we guys we indians were basically buying furniture of pictures yes without actually touching and feeling it now one of the thesis when it comes to the furniture space and everybody you talk to will tell you this you know you need to touch and feel the furniture before buying it but that's actually totally different from how consumers have been buying it for decades yeah so it's not a big deal for them to move from a magazine to the internet yeah and that was the thesis that ashish and i had when we set up pepperfry right wow and it panned out really well i mean because that's exactly yeah. how it panned out because you know uh, we we opened our first uh, pepperfry studio only in 2014 end of 2014 right for and we opened pepper fry in 2012 so for two and a half years when we were basically garnering volumes and and gaining share we didn't have a single offline studio uh and people were looking to buy and they were willing to buy off the internet so yeah. i think the first thing that we learned was all of this stuff about needing to touch and feel a piece of furniture before you buying it is actually just i mean it's not relevant it's actually it's good it sounds excellent but that's not how the indian consumer thinks and that to me was the aha was the aha proposition when we started and it was the yeah. aha moment when it played out but so simple and such a clear deep understanding you had right like that matlab itni simplicity hai before you told me i also didn't even think because all of us have purchased like that or seen our parents purchase like that wow yeah, yeah. you know i think what helped was that i am fundamentally a homebody so if you give <laughs> me a choice on a weekend uh, as to you know whether i go out partying or uh, and so on i don't go out partying so i i prefer to sit at home with a book so just the appreciation of what makes up things in the home is, yeah. a, is a, i have a very fond appreciation of it uh, and i think you know when you spend time by yourself you kind of think of these things a little more and hopefully if you think about them a little more then you you build a business about products that you love and everything just comes together So, but yeah, that was the insight. I mean, because if you think about it, that's how we've been buying. I mean, yeah, I don't remember ever, you know, touching and feeling a bed that I bought 
till i mean ever i mean right yeah. so I, i remember i when i moved to bombay i wanted a bed i had gone to the bandra there's a, a market a furniture market in bandra east yes it was the same thing i mean the guy showed me a picture he said i can do this for you i said okay and he did it and he sent it across to me the first time i actually touched and felt it was when it was inside my house yeah yeah and that's how we indians have been doing it so it's it's actually one of those it's 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 one of those urban legends that you need to you know actually physically uh, interact with furniture before you buy it that's not an urban legend that really pans out i mean it's just something yeah. we like saying but that's not how the consumer behaves and that yeah. was the realization we had yeah wow amrish now are you seeing any change abhi kuch change ho raha now in the new uh, age new uh, customers is it same because now i think people I don't know how many people would be experiencing the same thing. Do I know that in Bandra still that market exists and still people uh, do that? And 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 across uh, in Bangalore we have something like this. But do you see a change happening in the behavior? Is there more demand because you went on Omni Channel, right? Yeah. So, but I went Omni Channel, Shraddha, not for any other reason, but yeah. because my consumer is Omni Channel. Acha. Ha. My my reason for going Omni Channel was not to So let me give you an example. There are at any point in time close to twenty thousand pieces, unique pieces of furniture available on PepperFry.com. Now, now, a typical store, let's call it about let's say four thousand square feet, can have about two hundred, two hundred and fifty pieces of furniture. Yeah. Means that a, a typical store, even if I'm displaying, I'm packing it with a display of furniture, I will have less than half a percent of my catalog. Or let's say two mm. percent of my one percent yeah. of my catalog uh, actually available for display. So therefore, there is no way that I ever would look at this or my Pepperfry Studios as a a point where people can actually come and physically interact with with the furniture that they wish to buy. Mm. So we set it up basically for the consumer, not to yeah. show them products which they want to buy, but to engage with them through consulting. engage with them through advisory engage with them to tell them you know if you got a, a a typical smaller let's take a bombay example you have a typical smaller house what kind of furniture will work for you as opposed to if you are in a larger house which is typically the case in bangalore all of that kind of thing is 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 valuable advice that customers seek when they're buying in a high involvement category such as furniture and that's yeah. why we set up our professional studios it was basically to engage with the customer it was not to you know physically interact with products one of the interesting things in you'll find this interesting less than so of people who walk into pepperfry studios we are able to track that what they buy subsequently on the pepperfry site right because we don't sell anything from our studios less than 10% of the time their carts have a product which they saw in the studio 90% uh. of the time they have products which they have never seen in the studio yeah. and they still buy them yeah because it's fundamentally i'm i'm back to We Indians are used to buying furniture of images. That's yeah. not an area of discomfort for us. I can't not ask you this question in the COVID world. Is there any particular pattern in the buying that you're seeing right now? Some particular kind of products that are being sold right now? So there is a greater attention that people are paying on the way they sit. So ha. you know, so yeah, ergonomic chairs, uh, stuff that's related to you know what would be called home offices, etc., are seeing more traction. However, there used to be a small category on Pepperfry even earlier. Now it's like you know they used to contribute that category of of let's say office and study furniture used to be three four percent of what we used to sell. Now it's tripled, 
but it's still only 8-9% of what we sell. So the yeah. so what so it's gone up, and I think that is a measure of the consciousness that people have uh, towards let's say doing more for their home offices than they originally did. But uh, what we are seeing as as demand is now secular. I mean, it's across every product group yeah. category. So it's mm. not as you know half my business is only coming from office furniture. I mean, yeah, it's not the case. So I think people are looking to buy everything. Uh, it's just that, uh, yeah, they're also looking to get better chairs because now they've realized two months of sitting in a particular chair that <laughs> their back should be taken care of. I mean, and, and, and therefore they need a good chair to sit on. So, yeah. and, and those are things I think which will continue to evolve and it will happen with sofas. It will happen with beds. As we interact with our home a lot more, yeah, take our lives, right? Earlier, potentially, uh, you know, we were just going to sleep. Yeah, eight o'clock at night was the best that you used to get back home, and eight o'clock in the morning is so twelve hours yeah. you used to spend at home. Potentially eight nine hours if you had a good sleep cycle. Out of that, you were sleeping. Yeah. Now you're spending twenty four hours at home, yeah. and uh, you're awake like twelve hours. And during <laughs> the twelve hour period, you're seeing what's around you, and you're using the various pieces of furniture. Just your interest in what you have in home has gone up significantly. Absolutely. What a these are you know such simple but such powerful insights yeah 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 we're all now interacting more with our homes yeah yeah are. i mean uh, yeah. i'm certain you know uh, why furniture i mean there's a if there was a lamp which was at a particular height next to your sofa earlier and you were putting up with it and now you realize that when you're sitting and working on that sofa you need the lamp of a certain height now, yeah <laughs> so, i mean you would you would go and replace the lamp it's not something yeah. that you would have done six months earlier Mm. Mm. I mean, it, it it's happening across everything in the. I was reading this article today in in the morning in 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 the uh, in one of the papers, which is on uh, how uh, television screens, uh, especially large large screens, have uh, seen a massive comeback in the month of July. It's, it's all home related categories, I think, which are gaining substantially. Uh, yeah, furniture, of course, is gaining, and it's one of them. But all home related categories, by virtue of just consumers. You know, interacting with their homes a lot more. You know, now that you're saying this, I wanted to ask another question. It's like, you know, of course, there's a huge value to the variety that is available, like, you know, catalogs, because, yeah, of course, you want to see everything and, and, and pick. Second thing is the convenience, of course, which Pepperfly today provides across the country. But I wanted to understand, are you seeing how much role does a brand play uh, in this category? Okay, so it's a very good question, Shada. Here's uh, here's my thesis. Hmm. Uh, I have always thought of Pepper Fry as the starting point for furniture and decor purchases in India, hmm. not the ending point of furniture and decor purchases in India. Hmm. And because I've always thought of it as a starting point, I actually want the customer to start their purchase journey on Pepper Fry. Now, the moment you have the start of the journey as your ambition, right? I think the brand starts playing a very important role hmm. because the source of traffic needs to be the customer organically coming to your brand and typing www.pepperfry.com, reaching out to you organically through natural search, not page search. Yeah. Getting me? Because that's how you will be the starting point of, of purchases in this category online. And that is our ambition at Pepperfry. Now, if I wanted to be the ending point, a place where transactions happen, yeah, brand might not have been that important. I could have potentially 
spent less on brand and spent more on internet marketing say search yeah. and the transaction happened on me but that's yeah. never been our approach so mm. if you if you notice we started advertising for example on television uh, i think about 4 years back 4 5 years back we always kept our brand front and center in every action that we did right now you know heaven knows we made many mistakes as we built our business out uh, but i think this is one thing we got right which is you know focusing on a brand because we wanted to be the starting point of a transaction not the, not necessarily only the ending point our thesis is you be the starting point you get affinity if you get affinity the customer is yours and yeah. after that yeah they could eventually try out three places but you were the place that they started with and if you are able to provide them the variety or able to provide them the merchandise why would they go anywhere else that's been not and so therefore brands really important another thing that's happened is and we run this uh, brand track on a monthly mm. basis our top of mind recall is close to 37% of the category kidding the next mm. highest recall is actually low double digits so let's say between the 10 to 15% and i don't know <laughs> who it is but that's in that zone so so that's the kind of gap that we managed to create by virtue of the fact that you know we were always clear what we wanted to do we wanted to be the starting point and therefore we focused on getting our brand resilience up you know amrish about you the and i've heard it from the advertising community to everyone you you know you, you were not the young boy who just entered and started you know you have had success you are a very accomplished professional and and, and then you uh, started perfect you know the question i want to ask you ye sari jo clarity hai wo day one se thi yeah over the years it has also got sharpened and evolved of course there will be some which would come with time but ye sari clarity more or less tha shuru se mere khayal se ye clear tha ki shada i knew what i didn't know एंड देर फॉर आई वॉज क्वाइट क्लियर की मेरे को किन टाइप के लोगों के साथ काम करना बेसिकली पीपल हु वर्ल्ड विच आई ऑल्सो न्यू सो आई फिगर की आई नीड टू वर्क विद पीपल स्मार्टर देन मी एंड आई नीड टू वर्क विद पीपल हुज पैशनेट एज आई एम अबाउट बिल्डिंग आउट पेपर फ्राइ सो दैट आई वॉज वेरी क्लियर अबाउट what i don't know and uh, i think what that helps you do is okay so that which you know you think about it a little bit more uh, and so therefore you have some thesis laid out as you're starting look i was what 37 or something when i started paperfry so i mean I, like you said i mean i wasn't like a babe out of the woods right i mean i was uh, i had i i think i already started having gray hair at that time when i started <laughs> uh but it it did help i mean i i think you just yeah. sorted in life about what you think you want to build in the business you sorted in life in terms of what you wish to achieve as you're building the business out what are the things you will not compromise on yeah you know you uh, you, know, you you know our story right i mean when we started off we started off as a lifestyle site i mean so we used to not only do furniture we used to do furniture a little bit of fashion jewelry a whole bunch of things about in just an year into our existence we pivoted out of everything out else so we gave up like half our business to focus entirely on furniture and home again i don't think if i had been if i hadn't known what we wanted to achieve that pivot would have come that early yeah so that we've never pivoted anything 
So we've always been a marketplace. We've always invested behind brand. We've always been omni-channel. We've always been, we've always built our supply chain. So after that, what you see in Pepperfly, and I think that's helped, is strategic consistency. We've yeah. been consistent in everything we've done. I mean, look, there were times when potentially, let's say the merchandising of products on Pepperfly wasn't as good as the merchandising of products on, let's say, other competing sites. And we knew it wasn't. But the reason why it wasn't was I had a catalog of 15,000 items. My competitors had a catalog of 500. Now, if I'm doing merchandising for 500 products, the it's very different from doing it at scale for 15,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we accepted it. I mean, I, I never, I, I used to always want to be better, but I knew that the business I was in and the model I was following was different. And mm. I think that helped in keeping us consistent to what we wished it to achieve. You know, when you're, when you're, for example, selling products only out of your inventory, you can give a fantastic experience, potentially 99.9% .9 of the time, because the product's always with you. You're shipping yeah. out of your inventory. And yeah, you're giving your, uh, the, the, the customer a 99.9% .9 great experience. When you're a marketplace where the product's not with you, it's with merchants. The benefit that the customer gets is tons of variety. The complexity it adds on is a more complex supply chain. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and, and we were okay with that. I mean, I, you know, so I think these choices that we made, I think are what have helped us reach where we are. Through the, through the time, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we didn't make mistakes. We must have made a hundred of them, right? But uh, I think in, on the balance, we got the, the bigger things we got right. Amrish, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is that, you know, these, I don't know, I, I'm sure you, of course, will be knowing, these rental furniture businesses, right, which have come up and they're doing well and there are a lot of them coming, getting funded. What is your view and are you as Pepper Fry thinking in, on those lines for the new young generation of people? Yeah, so uh, the rental furniture model works well when uh, your consumer is fundamentally, uh, let's say the first job. So the first time uh, householder, uh, and actually not even first time householder, first time staying away from parents. Home. So the first mm. job. Uh, he or she would be about 22, 23, up till the age of, let's say about 26, 27, where the, after which there is typically a significant other in your house, you settle down and have roots. And once you start have root, uh, starting having roots, you don't want just a sofa. You want a sofa that reflects you. Now, yeah. The moment you want a sofa that it, that reflects you, rental is not an option anymore because mm. the choices aren't there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, there's this term that we all use, and, and you'll be very familiar with it. Is LTV. So the <laughs> LTV of the consumer is for a limited period of time. So it's mm. from the age of 23 till the about the age of 27. So you're talking about mm. a four five year engagement LTV. I think that's low. Right. Okay. Uh, to my mind, the closest business that I could think of when it came to rentals, okay, uh, or the closest analogy of a business when it came to rentals, is like a is like a matrimonial business. If you get it right the first time, there is no repeat. So if if that's the case, then it's a low LTV business. And if it's a low LTV business, frankly, I don't think I'm interested. Now yeah. that said, I know that I have made mistakes in the past. So about two years back, we piloted rentals across uh, about nine cities mm. uh, with uh, a, a whole bunch of products. We piloted it at a scale which was much larger than even the current rental businesses that 
exists. So we offer mm. more products, add better value, etc., etc. We saw some traction, but mm. fact, even today, the the amount of business that those companies do and our pilot was doing would be one fiftieth of what we do as Pepperfront. Ah, uh, so okay, okay. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's there. But is it really that large an opportunity? I, I I do not believe so. By virtue of the fact that the LTV is over a very short period of time, I yeah. Right after that twenty-eight etc. time frame, you don't you're not okay with just a sofa. I mean, you want the sofa. It's that. Remember that. I think it was the Asian paint ad which said "Merawala cream." Till that point, yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, you just have any stuff that's put on your walls, but that's not how it works after a certain amount of time when you're putting down roofs. Yeah. You know, I asked because one of the arguments in favor of rental I hear is that today the millennial or the young generation is not, you know, the doesn't want to deal with the hassle of this. But I get what you are saying. It's a, it's a short duration. It's a short window, and, and I think actually the millennial and the young generation really are conscious about their homes. I think the the value for life for them starts with experiences, and experience for them. a large component of the experience for them is how the experience happens at their home uh, and i think that we miss out on that from time yeah. to time so we always when we think of experiences we think of are you going out partying are you taking a car and so on but you know what millennials and and a lot of younger i mean i think everybody spends a lot of time at home and that constitutes a large component of the overall experiences we have uh, yeah. so therefore I, i would not think that you know they would give up on on making the home reflect them completely and i think that's yes. that's why the post the age of 27 28 they're not interested in renting out furniture what are you very excited about i am excited about the jacob which i think i'm facing i i think uh, <laughs> uh, 12 to 20 <laughs> so seriously you are excited you should be more excited na my no, answering so <laughs> you know one of the virtues at paper fry shada is intensity so even when i'm like super excited i'm like intense uh, <laughs> so that's how it comes out but i i'm really i think it's a fantastic opportunity for us awaiting us over the next 12 to 24 months uh it's like all circumstances which can make not only the category boom online yeah but hopefully also paper fry are in place uh you know the last four months uh, have been incredible from the way we have you know learnt new things about how we work yeah. um, and i think a lot of those have now settled in and become or are beginning to become part of our dna and uh, i think the benefits we'll get is we'll have lower cost structures uh, i think we'll have easier processes i think we'll have improved quality of life for people who work with us while managing to serve our customers at the same at the same high you know levels that we would want to i think all of those are great things that we have learned uh, in 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 an unfortunate circumstance but the learning's been great and i think all of those will stick with us so yeah. as we speak i am i haven't closed my books for july yet but the early indications from our finance team indicate i mean we are yeah close to profitability which means that uh, yeah i mean everything that we set out as our goal for this year seems to be panning out and and yeah. that that excites me a lot one learning in the pandemic what has it been <laughs> many but uh, <laughs> is one that stands out i guess it's uh, mm, it's not so 
uh, I'll need to give you context on this. So, you know, at Paper Five, we were we always very proud of the fact that we were like a hardworking organization, right? Uh, which meant that you know, typically you have me. I mean, I used to turn up in office at nine, <laughs> leave office at ten, and you know, I used to try and lead by example and uh, you know by working hard and that sort. And and the culture therefore was you know, the amount of time we spent is important uh, and so on. And that was it's part of the intense culture at Paper Five. It was there. I think what the pandemic taught me is, uh, you know what? It's what the end result is. It's not the amount of time spent. Mm. And now it, it's again, you know, it's 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 easy to say this, but for me to learn it and ingrain it <laughs> took me four months. Uh, but I think now it's ingrained in me, uh, and wow. I think that was the big change in my head. The other thing which uh, I learned is I I think meetings are just better than virtually. Uh, they, they <laughs> I think all of time. us learned that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they begin on time, they end on time, and they have a clear set of next steps, uh, yeah. which is which is never the case in, in when we used to do real world meetings. I mean, you know, you would those meetings would extend uh, the you would set up another meeting and so on. I think just the value for time has gone up significantly yeah. over the over the last four months, and I think that's another big learning. I think organizationally, we've had. Yeah. Okay, so now we are having conversation on this for this show. Money matters. I want to ask you, what does money mean to you personally? What has it meant? <laughs> so, Shishadha never had any. I, uh, uh, my father passed away when I was very young. I was seven years okay. old. My uh, mom was a scientist with the government. Uh, she was actually in Pusa Institute. Pusa is a place in Bihar. Uh, yeah. The Pusa Institute in in Delhi, IARI. Uh, yeah. So you know, never grew up with tons of money. Uh, never had a car. Uh, never owned a house. Uh, so I think for me, I money was always secondary. It was I think the path that my mom sent me. And my mom brought us up, and she was a very strong woman. The only thing she used to tell us was, uh, me and my sister was, uh, you know. You have to figure out what you need to do with yourself, uh, because you know what I, I I'm not going to be able to give you money to be able to do stuff. So I think what yeah. what she taught us was consequences of our actions are ours. Whatever that gets, be it in terms of money, is again our choice, our gain, our loss. And so therefore, I think I've had always a fairly philosophical view on money, yeah. never really mm-hmm. a very material view, if I might use that term. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's. I think money should be earned. Uh, I think quick money and easy money is bad. Uh, I'm also very, very entrenched in my middle class values, so I'm really, you know, uh, against quick and easy money. I think money should be earned. When you earn it, it stays longer. Uh, wow. I, I truly believe it. Wow. You know, I have such a respect. Not knowing your mother, what an evolved person, no? No, she was. I always think. I always feel parents. The only thing parents can give kids is an independent mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. She was. She was. She was right up there. She was perhaps the most liberal person that I ever I had ever met. Uh, I think if I can be half the person that she was, I I would have achieved something in life. Oh, she has made you intense. <laughs> oh yeah, that she has. <laughs> A scientist son. <laughs> yeah. 
but thank you amrish i think this is our first conversation but i'm hoping this is not the last absolutely. because i absolutely loved this you know genuinely felt very good and learned a lot thank you thank yeah. you it was a great conversation